0: You are listening to NTC Messina's podcast, where our desire as the family of God is to simply know God, love one another, and make
1: disciples. All right, how are we doing? Thank you. Um, it's September, which is actually, this is my favorite time of the year. I I, we, I could use a little bit more heat, but man, this, this time of year is so amazing, especially in the next couple of weeks as the leaves start falling and Kenneb's Donuts is open, so there'll probably be a lot of us there after church, I'm sure, getting some apple cider donuts. Uh, but welcome, glad that you're here. We're going to continue uh, look with the book of Revelation. Greg uh, kind of kicked it off last week, and we're going to go on for the next um, uh, several weeks into the book of Revelation as we've been looking uh, from Genesis to Revelation, from the garden to a city, as, as this, the story of the scripture started in a garden. And it ends in a garden city and, and we're in between that. And, and in so many ways, as as Christians, we find ourselves in between the resurrection and the return of Jesus, which we're gonna talk about a little bit today and then and then next week as well. But we, you know, we we often associate Christianity with the cross, and the cross is essential to history, it's central to Christianity, it's central to how we understand what Jesus did for us. But Paul also tells us in the scriptures that without the resurrection, there wouldn't be Christianity. There would be no reason for, for us to, to be here and to do what we're doing without Jesus having raised from dead. Now, the cross, Jesus took on our sin and, and he d- paid the price and he showed us what true love looks like and, and declared God's love for us through, through the cross. But it's resurrection that brings hope. It's resurrection that brings life. It's resurrection that brings renewal and restoration and all the things that we sang about and, and talked about this morning. Uh, so we find ourselves in between uh, the resurrection and the return. In a few moments, Ted's going to come up. Uh, but before he does, uh, a lot of you probably received an email this week um, about uh, some changes to our staff. Heather Ramsdell, who's been on staff for, for a while um, you may have gotten the email that she's going to be spending three quarters of her time at Living Hope Church in Malone starting uh, now. <laughs> she's gonna she's gonna be over there. She's actually there uh, this morning. Greg is speaking in Malone. Jessica is speaking in Ogdensburg this morning. Uh, but we're we're excited that Heather can can go over and really help Living Hope Church. She's going over there as the executive pastor. Justice Martin is the is the is the pastor the community pastor but uh, heather's going to come in and really just do what heather does what, what she has done here and she's able to do that because of some great things that have been happening over the last year or so with charity Murtaugh coming on here in messina and really helping and i was telling our team this morning that that this sunday is actually um the first time so we our kids curriculum that we use downstairs is playing right now that when when we prep that when we when we download that, and then print off the things and do all the stuff that we do to get ready for kids. We're doing that now for five churches, for Plattsburgh, for Saranac Lake, for Ogdensburg, for Malone, and here for Messina. And so it's really fun that the the work that we're doing, we can share that with with each other, and that's so exciting. So Heather's going to be over there uh, three-quarter time, actually, as well. uh, I don't think we've announced here on a Sunday, but Patty White has been hired full-time for Ogdensburg. So Patty's going to be doing administration in Ogdensburg, and we're getting some pieces in place to really, really see great things happen in, in, in our churches. Uh, momentum is starting up on Tuesday. 12 students are going to be here, and we're excited for all that's going to come in the next year. So yeah, lots of, lots of excitement. Uh, but so much going on, and, and we really, I mean, I'm here. This is Messina. People asked me when they got the, the, the note saying, so Heather's the, the executive pastor in Malone, is that what you are in Messina? And I'm like, yeah. And we have a couple, there's a couple, uh, there's, there's a video actually in the Next Steps class, um, that, and Greg was like, what title do I put under your name? Because we, we use different titles trying to understand the role description. And I'm like, it doesn't matter. <laughs> but, but Julie and I are here in Messina. Julie, as you saw in the video, she, she does, she leads our missions um, and all those efforts for all of five churches, um, and and working with people in each of the locations as well. But we're excited to be here, and so much excitement. Well, the resurrection really defines us. And as we dive in, and we're gonna I'm gonna continue with this next week. As we dive in and try to get perspective on what we see in the Book of Revelation, what John is describing, it's important to remember some some key concepts in the Scriptures that that honestly that a lot of Christianity has got wrong. Um, the The Bible doesn't have a lot to say about where we go when we die. We like to talk about that. I think it's an important conversation. And the Bible does have specific things that the scriptures do describe what happens after death, what happens in the future. But most of what is written is written for now. Not focused on later, but focused on now. So even the word heaven In the scriptures, if you just type scripture, heaven, and pull up scriptures, it's not typically describing, usually in in the scriptures, especially in the gospels, when Jesus describes the kingdom of heaven, he's not talking about later, he's talking about now. And when we go back to Genesis, as as we have started in the book of Genesis, in Genesis chapter one, it says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. That the heavens and the earth were created by God in the beginning, And in Revelations 21 and 22, which we're going to come to, and we've already said it so many times, that God has created a new heavens and a new earth. And this idea that heaven and earth, when they were created, were one, were were overlapping, and then sin and all the things that we do causes them to be separated, causes God's space and our space to be separated in a sense. And Jesus instructs us to pray, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth today as it is in heaven. And so John, in uh, Revelations chapter 4, when he's taken up to the throne room, he's not taken up to an image of a future event. He's taken up to, uh, to getting a, an inside picture of what's happening in God's space now. And Revelation does have a lot to say about future events and, and about what's to come, what we're expecting. But the overarching focus is what it means for us today. And there's a, there's a passage I'm going to jump ahead, Riley, um, in First Corinthians, chapter fifteen, verse fifty-eight, this is a, the verses preceding this. Is Paul talking about our resurrection bodies, how we're to, to anticipate a new body in in the future in the resurrection? But then at the end of that um, that that passage, he says, "So, my dear brothers and sisters, be strong." He's so writing a letter to a group of Christians, to a church in the city of Corinth. Be strong and immovable, always work enthusiastically for the Lord, for you know that nothing you do for the Lord is ever useless. He's writing a letter to a church in his day and saying nothing you do is useless. Everything you do matters, matters for now and matters for eternity. And we want that perspective. Does that make sense? I'm going to dive into that more uh, next week a little bit, just understanding that. Because the Bible does have a lot to say about, it, has, it does speak, Jesus says to the thief on the cross, today you will be with me in paradise. Jesus is, is with us when we, when we pass. That's what we believe from, what, from his words. But, but the revelation speaks to now. And Ted has some words that are going to fit right with that and speaking about some instructions for what we can do with that. So let's welcome up Ted Hepperlin. This is Ted. He... Um, he and Jess have been a part of our family for about eight years. They've been in the North Country a little bit longer than that, and unfortunately, they're leaving. <laughs> they're they're going to be moving to Tennessee, and and uh, and we and he came up to me and said that he had uh, something to share as part of this message, and I said, awesome. So, we, we get to receive from you this morning before you you head out, and you've been doing some amazing things here. I don't know how much you're going to share, but um, thank you for being here, and encourage us. Thank All right. You. Thanks, Dad.
0: I actually came to Christianity because of the book of Revelation. Um, When I was a teenager, I read, you know, all the fantasy novels and things like that, uh, elves and dwarves and all that stuff. And there was this book in the Bible that talked about this magical experience, and that kind of drew me in. But when I came to the book of Revelation, I got so lost in the imagery I didn't really understand what it was, and it was just recently that I understood, and recently within the last couple of years, I read a book that really helped me understand that it's about Jesus. It's not about dragons and pregnant women and iron feet and fire and all this stuff. It's about Jesus. Like Greg said, it's the revelation of Jesus Christ. And the reason why I wanted to say that is because I'm going to pick a gem. ...out of a big prophetic passage that I want to talk about. Um, In Revelations 12, it talks about a seven-headed dragon and a pregnant woman with a crown with 12 stars in it. and There's a big battle and the woman's taken up and she gives birth and then the angels fight the dragon. And then after all this battle's done and the dragon is thrown out of heaven... Uh, I think it's Michael starts talking about the dragon is Satan, the devil, and he's been cast down to earth, and beware, because now he's got a limited amount of time, and he knows it, and he's coming after you, and then he says, but they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony, that's where I want to land, that little gem there that's wedged between all this prophetic imagery. That's Revelation twelve eleven, 11. And um, the blood of the lamb is obvious. You know, we're, we come to salvation through the blood of Jesus Christ. And the next step is the important one. And I know that we've all heard um, people talk and teach about testimony. But typically the person who teaches that is an expert. And I'm going to teach it from my failure because I am terrible at this. You put me up in front of all you people, I'll talk until you say, Ted, shut up, we want to go home. But you put me one-on-one in front of somebody, my mind just doesn't function that way. Those people that have the gift to gab and can engage people in conversation, it's really tough for me. I don't have that, so it's an effort for me. So that's how I want to approach this, because I'm teaching myself as much as I'm sharing a word with all of you so enjoy this message from a point of failure Um, the testimony a definition of a testimony a formal written or spoken statement especially one given in a court of law second one they got us right there in the top two a public recounting of a religious conversion or experience what i want to land on um, the the, the uh, translation I'm using is the NIV because it says the word of the testimony. The New Living Translation that we use a lot just says testimony because they assume that the two are together. But that, that word there is important. The word word is important. The word word in the Greek that's used in this scripture means the spoken word. It's also when you read in John that Jesus is the word. That is the same Greek word that's used here as the word of your testimony. So I like that translation because it says word and testimony, and it leads us to this idea that it must be spoken. Now, when you give a testimony, um, I've had the distinct displeasure of being in court and having to give witness testimony, and there weren't any lawyers in this one. It was just before a judge. And the judge said, Ted, what did you see? And I told him what I saw. Now, if you would have said, Ted, what did you see? And I said, I didn't see anything, but so-and-so said this is what they saw. The judge would say, no, I don't care about that. I want to know what you saw. So a testimony is a statement that we make about something that we have personally witnessed. Testimony and witnessing, you know, we have that Christian word, I'm going to go witness made a verb out of being a witness it's the same thing witnessing is telling people what you saw or what you experienced and testimony is the same thing so when we hear these words they're interchangeable so where do we go with this we we know that satan can be overcome by the word of our testimony i want to go to 1 peter 3 um, 15 through 17 And um, read that and kind of tie that back in. And it says, But sanctify the Lord God in your hearts, and always be ready to give a defense to everyone who asks you a reason for the hope that is in you, with meekness and fear, having a good conscience, that when they defame you as evildoers, those who revile your good conduct in Christ may be ashamed. For it is better if it is the will of God, to suffer for doing good than for doing evil. So Peter's warning us that people are going to challenge us. What is that about you? There's something different. And if you just go, well, I'm a Christian, and you walk away, what what benefit is in that? So Peter is saying, And, you know, get this, it's not all love and roses once you become a Christian. Peter says, people will accuse you and say vile things against you. So have an account for the hope that is in you to explain it. We will be attacked. People will talk bad about us. Becoming a Christian isn't your golden ticket to the chocolate factory. It's just an opportunity to serve in a different way. So we have to be able to give an account of what it is is that hope that's in us. And if we go to 1 John 5.5, 5, it's, a, it's a long scripture. I want to read the whole thing only because just cherry-picking the one scripture I want out of it isn't going to give the background of everything that we're talking about. So uh, 1 John 5.5 5. Who is it that overcomes the world only the one who believes that jesus is the son of god this is the one who came by water and blood jesus christ he did not come by water only but by water and blood and it is the spirit who testifies because the spirit is the truth for there are three that testify the spirit the water and the blood and the three are in agreement we accept human testimony but god's testimony is greater because it is the testimony of god which he has given about his son whoever believes in the son of god accepts this testimony whoever does not believe god has made him out to be a who li- does not believe god has made him out to be a liar because they have not believed the testimony god has given about his son and this is the scripture i want to la- i want to land on here And this is the testimony. God has given us eternal life, and this life is in his Son. So we know that we have to be able to give an account for the hope that's in us. And this scripture jumps us forward a little bit, and it says the testimony is about Jesus and the life of that he has given us, the life that is in us as a result of Jesus Christ. I'm driving the sound guy crazy back there. I keep on going up and down, and my voice keeps on going back and forth. Um, So what this testimony is, it's it's a witness about what's happening in us. I'm not going to testify about what's happening in Gabe because somebody can say, well, how do you know? Well, I saw it. But if I testify about what's in me, there's no argument there. No one can change my mind about what Jesus has done for me. So many of us approach the witnessing or the testimony phase by throwing scripture at people. Well, this and that and this and that. Let me tell you, that's a mistake. (laughs) There's people... That are atheists that know the bible much better than me and they will throw scripture back at me and they'll take it out of context and i'm not a bible scholar i like to think i understand the word and what's in it but i can't argue scripture if justin and i got in an argument over scripture he would he would clean my clock he went to school to study that stuff i just read it in my spare time so i try not to get really heavy into the scripture But you have to be able to tie in what Jesus has done in you with the word. So I want you to take a a quick couple of, well, let's just say a minute or two here, and pull out your notes and a pen, and I want you to write down, let's say, two things, just two things that you think Jesus has done for you, since you've been saved. And I'll tell you mine, um, without going into the testimony, just so you know that I am talking from a point of failure. Um, Number one, I have a terrible anger, terrible problem with anger. And it's not as bad as it used to be, but as my wife will testify, when I'm down in the basement working and I screw up, (laughs) My testimony gets shot right there. But uh, I also had, when I was younger, I always wanted to fit in. I was always the tall kid. I was six inches taller than everybody else in my class up until high school when everybody started catching up with me. So I always wanted to fit in. So there was no Ted. There was Ted who fit in with the jocks. There was Ted who fit in with the brains. There was Ted that fit in with the freaks, and then I could just change myself as I went along. It was when I became a Christian and I found my identity in Christ that I learned that that's who I am, and I don't have to be this for that person or that for that person. Now, granted, Paul says that I become all things to all people so that all people can be saved, but that is looking at your audience and saying, listening to them And then becoming a part of that audience by saying things the way that they will understand it. It's not changing who you are to do it. So we all have one or two things we've written down. It'd be nice if it's three or four or five, but we don't have time to think about it. I know when I first did this thing, the guy went on speaking and I was still trying to think of one thing. Because when you're on the spot, it's hard. But you have this thing now that you've written down, whether it's one, two, three, seven, whatever the case may be. That's your testimony. That is the indisputable proof that Jesus Christ is living inside of you and working on you. Nobody can take that away from you. Nobody can take that away from you. Nobody can argue it. Except if you're like me and you say that, yeah, I had a terrible anger when I was younger, and now I'm now I'm doing better, and then you lose it, <laughs> uh, and that that's kind of uh, um, that's kind of uh, where we're going next. But first, I want to say, do you know how many people go free because witnesses are afraid to testify? The second part can we put uh, Revelation 12:11 back up Riley? The second part of that that I hadn't gotten to yet. They did not love their lives so much as to shrink from death. Jesus? Yeah, I'll die for Jesus. Will I be uncomfortable for Jesus? No. That's my failure. I am uncomfortable going to people one on one. And sharing that, yeah, I'll take a bullet. I know where I'm going, but you have me approach somebody I don't know and share something with them. Um, like I said, it doesn't work for me. But as I've as I've put this lesson together, um, I'm gonna I'm gonna brag on the men's group real quick. When we st- when the men's group uh, started there was this challenge to pray every time we left the house for Jesus to show us one person that needed, a, needed us or needed us to share a word with them. And we would share testimonies about what happened. And that strengthened me tremendously, knowing that there were other guys out there doing the same thing. So that's part of it as well, is you know, sharing your testimony to strengthen everybody together. So going back to the first part of that scripture, the word of their testimony. Your testimony has no power unless it's spoken. The word, the spoken word. You have to share your testimony. We overcame Jesus, or we overcame Satan by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. Salvation's great. We gotta have it, but there's a second part to it. And we have to have the courage to go out and use that second part. In uh, James 4.7, James tells us, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee. So this is what your testimony does, because it says we overcame right there in 12.11. We overcame Satan By the blood of the lamb, which is a given if you're saved, and the word of our testimony. Resist the devil, and he will flee. How do you resist the devil? You share your testimony. How do people get saved? God sends you to somebody or sends that person to you, and they start asking questions. And then you share with them your understanding about what they're asking for you. But when you have that point of commonality between that person, you begin to speak your testimony to that point that you have in common. And that's what I've learned to do. I, I love talkers because then I don't have to carry the conversation. I listen to what they have to say, and then I respond in kind. And I, that's what Paul was saying when he said, I'm all things to all people listen to what's important to that other person, and then be familiar enough with your testimony to speak that into whatever that area of common concern is. So in order to do that, you have to have a testimony, and you have to have it in here so it's ready to come out. And you have to have some experience being able to shape it so it speaks to somebody at their point of need. We all know the story about Peter being restored, where Jesus asked him three times if you love him. The first two times, Jesus used the word agape, and Peter responded, yes, I love you, with the word phileo, which is brotherly love. The third time, Jesus said, do you love me phileo? Jesus met Peter at his point of need. And that's what we have to be able to do with our testimony in order to change lives. So you're saying, that's all well and good, but you know how often I mess up? Remember when Paul said, I'm the chief sinner? <laughs> As I told you my story about my anger, I mess up all the time. I, I, I like to be the person, you know, and I, the, one of my favorite scriptures in Romans where Paul says, I try to do good, but I end up doing evil. I don't want to do evil, I want to do good, but I end up doing evil anyway. Paul, you're speaking to me right now. So obviously, if we mess up, there's a way for us to get out of it. And this is my favorite scripture. It's one of my life scriptures. It's Romans 8, 28. We know that all things work together for good. People stop there. But there's an if-then we know that all things work together for good for those who love God and are called according to his purpose. So as long if we mess up, as long as we go back and we understand that we love the Lord and that we're doing what he's asked us to do, maybe as imperfectly as I do it, I'm trying to do what the Lord wants me to do. That disaster will work out for good it'll become part of my testimony later on when i can wrap my mind around what happened that if you read after that scripture it talks about whom god calls you remember doing what god called you to do he said whom god calls he justifies in other words whoever god calls he makes righteous so we are in right standing with god once we're called So everything that we do that goes against that, if we acknowledge it and we move on, we still maintain that righteousness with God. So when you end up like me and you let a swear word out at work because you're frustrated or whatever, or, um, you know, you you say or do something that was meant to be well, but it, it just didn't come out right, You haven't died there on the cross. There's a resurrection awaiting. We just have to accept the fact that we're human, we're fallible, and move on. Resist the devil, and he will flee. We will overcome him by the blood of the lamb and the word slash power of our testimony. Amen.
1: Thanks, Ted. I so appreciate your your vulnerability and your humility. Uh, but I will say, um, I'm, I serve on a, a nonprofit board that owns the theater downtown that everybody kind of wonders, are they ever going to do anything with that <laughs> building? We're working on it. Uh, but I know for as a board member and, and working with people in the town, Ted has been helping with that project for many years. And his testimony is good. Um, it, people respect. Ted in the community, and as well, a lot of you might not know that Ted and Jessica have served a lot, uh, working with migrant farmers in our area, and and uh, just going out and serving uh, a group of people that most people don't even see, most people don't even know that's out there, um, so we we thank you for that, and that even we have some Spanish uh, versions of the Bible in the back, because Ted and Jessica said, okay, hey, can, can we get some Spanish versions of the Bible, because there's some people that need them, and uh, just... I know that you have a heart even to see that ministry continue can we just thank ted and jess for their investment into into the north country um they they aren't gone tomorrow they they're preparing the house and getting ready to sell the house where they're going to be heading down and and being able to be closer to family and and a number of number of things that are awesome Uh, so it is our loss but it is a great thing for you guys so thank you for for sharing encouraging us um revelations is a challenging revelation is a challenging book and it, it's easy to get discouraged when you're trying to figure out these seven horns and the eyes and all, all that stuff that, that that ted referenced and we're going to dive in over the next couple of weeks and and you know one one of the things that i've said many times in the past and will continue to say you know it's we're better together <laughs> And, some, and the Bible, I, I believe, was, is meant to be read in community, meant to be processed in community. And, and we, we do have our, our quiet time by ourselves, you know, when, when, we, when we read and, and, and process. And I believe the Holy Spirit speaks to each and every one of us. You can ask the Holy Spirit when you sit down with your Bible, ask the Holy Spirit to help you understand what you're about to read. But there's a lot in there that's it's, it's a big book. And it's a, it's a lot of stuff that's an ancient book as well. It's a it's a inspired book and it's when we read it together and interact with it together in, in house in our house churches and our communities and you know in our men's group and then coming you know on Sundays that, that we can help process and how to, and learn how to apply that and how to share the faith that's in us and share our testimony. I invite you to stand with me this morning as we as we find ourselves between the resurrection and the return. We also find ourselves in, in ver- some very tough moments. and But yet we also have great hope. And there's that trying to reconcile sometimes how such unbelievably painful things can take place. And yet also some unbelievable joy can also be experienced. And, and we, we find ourselves between the resurrection and the return offering our testimony, offering hope, offering life, offering prayer, offering support, offering grace, lifting each other up, asking Jesus to do miracles and asking the Father to help with restoration in, in areas and asking for people to find healing and asking for for help when we're going through grief and mourning and loss. So we recognize that we are between the resurrection and the return but as Jesus says, as Jesus instructs us to pray, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is today in heaven. We expect heaven to invade earth and we expect great things. Jesus, we thank you that we can gather together, that we can be encouraged this morning as we as we challenge ourselves to to share the hope that lies within us, to share what you have done for us to share with others so that others can know, others can come to experience you. And God, we, we do continue to stand with one another through through all that life entails. Praying for, for healing and praying for restoration and, and praying for so much. God, we, we trust you. We lean on you. We accept what you have to offer this morning. God, and as we go, God, may, may you reveal to us the people that you're bringing into our path that we can share a little bit of our hope with so the north country can know you more in jesus name amen thank you for being here today Have a great week
0: thank you for listening to ntc messina's podcast we hope you join us next week and have a blessed day